This city is all about sharing memories of wonderful London and that's why I'm even more excited to be working with one of my most favourite brands for this series. When I tell you that Instax are the instant photo people and their cameras and smartphone printers are super easy to use, I mean it. They are perfect because we all know that the best memories need to be captured in the moment. And I'm definitely talking from experience here because I've had an Instax camera for years and everyone who comes to visit my home, there's a rule. You must take an Instax photo and stick it in my guest book. It is one of my all time favorite things. Life is meant to be shared and I love, love, love that I've captured those moments with my friends and family forever. So whether you want to keep and treasure your pics like I do, give them away to loved ones to reminisce on a special time or one better, gift an Instax camera or printer, you can find out more at instax.co.uk. Hello, I'm Clara Ampho and welcome back to This City, the podcast where we talk to famed inhabitants of wonderful London. Each episode will delve into the past favourite places, the current favourite places, the dance spots, the food spots, the night bus stories, stories of school where we fell in love from some of our favourite famous faces, whether they were born here or adopted our capital. Dear listener, guess what? You know how I feel, like I do every episode. I'm delighted because on this city, we have got the wonderful Rylan. Yeah, he's about that one name life. Rylan is somebody that I've been a fan of since his early days in X Factor. I fell in love with his absolute unapologetic ability to just be himself. Truly, truly, truly. Um, He is somebody that has really risen through the ranks of entertainment. From his introduction to us on The X Factor, to going on to Celebrity Big Brother, to hosting Big Brother's bit on the side, to Strictly, to his Radio 2 show, there is nothing this man can't do, and he does it all effortlessly, with a laugh and with a knowing wink, and that is why I adore him. So roll up the wonderful Rylan. Rylan, welcome to this city. I am so happy that you are doing this. I've wanted to chat to you for a very, very long time. And here you are in all your jogging bottom glory. Literally, I have I don't even have underwear on, babe, but I don't care because it's us. Exactly. It is <laughs> us. Um now with every guest that I have on, I always talk about the first time we met in London. And I'm not sure if I can remember when the first time we met was. I just feel like you've always been in my in my ether. Do you know what I mean? So I, I would guess, did you come down to X Factor when I was on it? Po- oh, you know, I'll tell you what, actually, I know. That's what I'm thinking. Do you know, I'll t- here's a little insider info. So when you do um, Strictly, they always make you search your name against anybody um, related to the show to see if you said anything. Slagged them off. Cheeky yeah. about them in the past, right? And this is when I had it, because I deleted Twitter because I just thought, you know what, before Elon Musk, I was like, I'm getting out of here. It's too toxic. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember searching my name against yours um, when I signed up to it. And all the tweets were, oh my God, I love him. He's my favourite. <laughs> this, this is when you were with, on Team Shirzy and X Factor. And literally all my tweets about you were just like, I think he's so great. I'm like proper like, I'm not going to say embarrassing fangirl, but like proud fangirl. Oh, do you know what? That's why I love you. Babe, 
we, we've we've always got on, but like, yeah, I, I can't uh, pinpoint when where we first met face to face in London. But look, here we are. We're here now. Ready to chat. Ready to chat. Absolutely. Um, Ryland, now you're an East London boy. I am. Stepney boy. What is it about East London that makes you quintessentially you? Because I think it's safe to say you truly are one of one. I am one of one, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I grew up in Stepney Green in East London. Everyone's got this... Uh, conception that I'm an Essex boy. I'm I'm not a native Essex boy. I'm definitely a Stepney Green boy. I'm an East London boy. Um, and yeah, it's just sort of as I've grown up, I've moved into Essex and that's how people have known me from. But yeah, I am very, very East London. I had that very East London childhood, growing up in the council house, going to school round the corner, everything was round the corner, um, playing out. I mean, I remember playing out and most people play out over the park. Me and my friends played out over Canary Wolf and played running ups. <laughs> like, that was what we did on a Saturday. We'd go over Canary Wolf and we'd use the whole of Canary Wolf as a playground. So that was sort of my childhood, definitely. Was Linda a strict parent or was she just like, you know what, babe, do you? She was, yeah. I mean, she was strict, but she wasn't too strict. She was strict enough. Listen, at the time that we lived in London... I had sort of both of that you could leave your front door open and then you couldn't leave your front door open. So I remember both of those eras, if you like. There was sort of a period of time where you couldn't really play out much. Do you know what I mean? The reason why we ended up moving to Essex is because I ended up, I wouldn't even say it was a fight because it wasn't a fight. Some, some, someone just grabbed me from behind and kicked me in the head. Like I don't even remember what happened. I was only like eleven or something like that, and that was sort of like the final straw for my mum. She was like, "Right, we're moving out of here." All of our family had moved to Essex. It was just us, and then like my uncle that still lived in in East London. Um, but yeah, I loved growing up in London. My only regret about moving out of London is that I left London when I was about 12, 13. I didn't have sort of the West End on my doorstep to go out and roll home. Like, I didn't have that. That's the one thing I regret. But actually, I quite like being just out of it. Well, yeah, because I guess it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, yeah, you you came of age, like, out outside of, like, the, the centre of it all. So did you, would yeah. you say, like you know with your I guess your your fame and like your sort of introduction into public life were you able to have like a second sort of adolescence like in London like after like post X Factor everything yeah. that's happened since then I mean I mean to be honest I never really left London like sort of even my adolescence I mean I know I shouldn't but when I was 15 16 we were going out in London and you know which you shouldn't be doing but we were um so London's always been my home as much as I love being in Essex pretty much I mean I live in Brentwood it's technically greater London if you want to start having the router so I've never not been in London um it is literally just up the road so yeah I mean I grew up in London I I found myself in London sort of I found out who I was in this city and I've been lucky over the years to to visit some amazing places you know New York I'd say is probably the most like London you feel like you're home away from home, just the cabs aren't black, they're yellow. That's literally how it feels over there. But I do genuinely believe that, I'm sorry to say, London's the best city in the world. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to disagree. Um, you said you found yourself. Like, I'm really I'm really intrigued by this. I think this has been a running sort of theme in all the conversations I've had on the podcast about like where people find that spot 
like in London that makes them think, okay, this is who I am. This is where I belong. Like, where was that for you? I think in my sort of mid to late teens, that was around Soho because obviously being a gay guy, going up to Soho. Oh I my God, you're gay. My... What? Oh, oh God, that's a secret. Please don't tell anyone. Please don't tell anyone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <Safe>. <laughs> but, but yeah, sort of growing up, as a, as a gay guy and going up to Soho at like 17 and stuff like that I remember me and my friends you know you wanted to get in place and stuff like that I had like a I had like this Ted Baker blazer that I'd got my friend Katie had a pinstripe blazer she used to smoke so she'd have a cigarette lit as we walked up to the door like so we looked older like it was all we had this sort of plan but in that area, it was like anyone could just sort of be who they wanted to be. It didn't really matter what you were wearing. I'll never forget one day, I wanted my hair to be, I think my hair was brown at that point, and I wanted it to be jet black. And we went to Boots and bought spray paint, like hair spray paint, and I sprayed my hair black before going in this club. This was on the street, on the actual street I did this. And it rained that night, and it went all down my face. Like I'll never forget. Like, But no one cared. No one cared because there's always a worse sight than you somewhere. <laughs> Especially in Soho. Absolutely, yeah. And that's why we love it. Uh, what kind of clubs were you going to? Do you remember the very first club that you went to? I, mean, I remember the first place that we actually got into uh, was G.A.Y. Bar on Old Compton Street. And we got in and I remember it was just me and my friend and... We just couldn't believe our luck. They had like all the plasma screens in there and it was planned like girls allowed the show and stuff like that. And it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh my God, like Smirnoff Ice, like for one ninety nine, what a bargain. Uh, it was just it was just amazing. Like, I remember. And then because we got in there once, we were like, right, that is where we're going because we got in there. But then we just soon realised that the security didn't start until six o'clock at night. So as long as we were in there at half five, we were in and out. Like that was it. We were fine for the night. So it was like life hacks as a child. In your fancy blazer. In me pinstripe blazer. Yeah. Really thinking I look like, you know, really old. Did you have a, did you have like a Saturday job? Like how are you saving up for the, you know, such a tire as a, as a 16, 17 year old? So I did, yeah. My first job, bearing in mind I was living in Essex at the time, was for Beverly Cabela at Cabela Aqua in Kensington. So I was a, a salon junior. Um, so I'd be working in Kensington on a Saturday as a junior, um, but living in Essex. It was crazy. So, But it worked out for me because you'd finish work at six o'clock and then we'd go out. So yeah, that was my sort of like Saturday job. And then when I left school, I worked in retail. So I like worked at River Island. I was a makeup artist for Benefit for a few years, which I loved. Um, and yeah, so I, I sort of had that. Like I left school at 16, so yeah. But you know what? I think all these jobs that you mention, like without you probably realising it, absolutely sowed the seeds for like who you've become today. Because ultimately, oh God, I think being a great presenter, great broadcaster, it's, it's essentially like great customer service and great sales, isn't it? <laughs> Literally, that is what it is. I, I learned to be a good broadcaster from doing traffic stopping, shall we say, on the makeup counter at Benefit. I learned how to talk to people. Yeah, you must have met some amazing, um, amazing characters, like when you were like working in like Beverly Cabela, working in like Benefit. Like, oh, yeah. Do you remember the type of people that you were sort of like dealing with? Yeah, I do. I actually remember my manager there. I got sacked, but <laughs> I remember my manager and he was such a dickhead. Like, such a dickhead. 
it, you know, it was a Kensington salon. It was very, oh, yeah, yeah, very, like, to do, to do, to do. And this bloke was just such a prick, to be perfectly honest. And I just remember thinking, if I ever got money, I never want to be that person. Like, I know, And I think that does shape you growing up, especially in London. And, you know, you could come from a small town somewhere and everyone's very similar. Everyone's very, everyone knows everyone. You know, you've got the village pub, you've got this and stuff like that. And that's lovely. But when you sort of grow up in and around London, which is so multicultural, uh, so many different walks of life, hierarchies, classes, everything, you sort of take, and I, I was very much like a sponge, I would take bits from people and go, I like that about you and I want that to be about me. I like that about you and that's who I want to be. I hate that about you and I definitely don't want to be that. And I feel that growing up in that type of society, meeting all these different people, definitely moulded me to what I am today, 100%. Yeah, that, God, that's so interesting. Um what you say, like like taking bits from certain people, because I think, mm. you know, I mean, look, I think that, that's society in general, but I think specifically thinking about London, like it is that kind of place where, I mean, look, you mentioned like you, you worked in Kensington. Kensington's like literally mm. the richest borough, I think at this point still in the country right now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you will see the most beautiful houses. You will see people like who are fabulously wealthy, especially when you work in retail, but then you walk around yeah. the corner like 10 minutes and you'll see places like where you grew up, you know, like there's kids, yeah, you know, living in like council estates, like, you know, people living yeah. from like, you know, like uh, month to, like hand, like hand to mouth, month to month. And it's, it's a really- um, yeah. It's sobering. I think it's, it's a privilege to be able to witness it, but I, I know I speak for myself and I, and I think you'd agree too. Like it's, I think there's a, there's a privilege in knowing that, um, I'm happy that, we are able to see it from the other side. I think there's something about being born into wealth yeah. and that kind of particular central London wealth. When you see it up close, it's kind of, it's fascinating, but it's kind of horrifying at the same time. Do you know what I mean? For me, like, I completely agree. Like, I've got no problem with people being born into wealth. I think if you're someone who comes from a lot of money or has earned a lot of money, good for you. Like, I do feel in, in Britain, there is this, <sighs> there's this thing where people don't like people having money. Or they feel that people that have money don't deserve money and, and stuff like that. Like we, we, we rarely applaud people for being successful. And I think mm. that comes down to the press as well. When people do become successful, the press feel that you need to be brought down a peg or two. I don't, I don't think like that. I've always sat there and thought, if you work hard, and hard being the operative word there, whether that's working down a mine or parading yourself in a feather boa on X Factor, whatever... As long as you work hard at something and you get successful, I am happy for you, whether you've got a tenner in the bank or you've got 10 million in the bank. Congratulations. And I think everyone deserves to be applauded for being successful at what they do, as long as they're not hurting anyone. But I do feel in, in Britain, especially in Britain, we have got this sort of stiff upper lip society of if you're born into money, you don't tend to like it when people who weren't born into money get money. And if you weren't born into money, you also don't tend to like it when people get money that weren't born into money too much. It's like, oh, well done, yeah, he's normal, he's done well. And then it's like, oh, he's got a six-bedroom house. It's like, yeah. Like, it, do you know what I mean? We've got this sort of mindset in this country where it's like we want people to be successful and then they get it. And then it's not jealousy, that's the wrong word, but it's a little bit like, oh, don't do too well. And people, it's just really odd. And... I feel 
that I'm grateful that I'm not saying I was living hand to mouth because we weren't, but mm. I come from a single parent family. My mum's got Crohn's disease. She couldn't work. And, you know, we we grew up on benefits and lived in a council house with my mum and my nan. That was that. I never went without anything ever. You know, my mum always made sure I had clothes and food and everything like that. And I'm grateful. But now I'm in a position where I am lucky enough that I can afford my bills and I can support my mum and do all of that. I'm going to do that. And I want nice things, but I know exactly where I've come from. And I do feel when you've come from something that you haven't ever had, you always remember what it's actually worth. 100%. So let me let me ask you this. When I mean, if at all, when you go back to Stepney, or if you remember the last time you went back to yeah. Stepney, like what's... What's it like when you go like go back into town? Like it's warm. Is, is it that thing of like, hey, it's Ryland from like round the way, or is it sort of a bit like nod, keep it it's, moving? What's the vibe for me? Obviously, with work, I drive through London. I drive into London pretty much most days, and sometimes if there's traffic or whatever, you start going round all the back roads. And there's times when I've gone down my my road where I grew up, and it, there's just something about it. It's just something about being there. That warmth. That oh my god, like. This is where it all began. Um, and actually, about 10 years ago now, it seems, it seems quite a while ago now, but I did a documentary with Grayson Perry, the artist, and it was him sort of following me in my new life with like the overnight fame, and then him going back to my old life. And I got to go to my house that I grew up in um, and walk around it. And the lady that owned it let us have a little look around and stuff like that. And she said to me, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. She said, is your real name Ross? I said, yeah, why? And she went, I've got to show you something because I just always wanted to leave it. And she took me to the cupboard under the stairs and written on the wall in crayon was Ross Spice Girls 94 and she never painted over it. And that was like a proper uh, sobering moment or like Ross 96 Spice Girls or something like that. And I was just like, wow. And it was almost like, I was crouched down looking in this cupboard and I was exactly there. What would it have been like 17, 20 years ago, whatever, crouched down doing that. And it's just, it was just so surreal. It's just so surreal. It's like moments like that that make you go, I'm all right. Riley, that is such a beautiful story. Yeah, it was crazy. That's so, I think that's, I think that's so beautiful. Like I'd really... I really love that you sort of like revisiting like like little you essentially. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's I think it's uh it's very grounding. Like I mean, you know me in real life, so you know people yeah. can put on a persona in in the media, on TV, on the radio. We can all be whoever we want to be, and behind closed doors, you can be an absolute arsehole. But you know me in real life. I'm very much what you see is not what an you arsehole. get. Trust me. Very not an arsehole. Trust very me. normal. Very very normal. So. Yeah, I I, I want to stay that way. And I, and a lot of people ask me in interviews, like, how have your feet not left the ground? And I think it's because, you know, I've got my mum and my own mind. And, you know, if my feet ever have a moment where they slightly lift, then I'm dragged straight back down. Don't worry about that. Yeah. What what does Linda say to like to keep you uh, keep you keep you grounded? What's, what's, I what's could never most, repeat it. I could you? never repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> she, literally she is she's you know I, I, one thing that I always wanted to do I remember when I went on X Factor in my very first interview they said what do you want to get out of this I said my car's just broke and I'd like to get a new car and buy my mum a new front door and you know 10 years down the line I built her an house so she's all right 
she's she's all right. Right on. Right on. <laughs> Who doesn't love the gift of an amazing memory? I love making this podcast because everyone enjoys a good reminisce. And I'm being honest when I say I am thrilled to be working with Instax on this series. An Instax camera or smartphone printer is such a great gift for anybody. So easy to use with three different film sizes, mini, square or wide. And each has its own look and feel. From the colourful Mini 11 to the retro classic design of Mini 40, They are the perfect accessory for every social event in your calendar. So don't just take, give. Head to instax.co.uk to find out more. Let's talk about football. So they're such a lud, 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 lud. Lud. Do you still support West Ham? Do you go to games still? I do support West Ham, yes. I was at West Ham not long ago, actually. Went to... uh, Went to the stadium. Who were we playing? I think it was it Tottenham. I can't remember. But yeah, I, I do like football. I do like football. I'm not as uh, active on football as I was when I was a kid. Like my, I was a junior hammer. Um, but to be perfectly honest, that like the only reason I was a junior hammer is because you got a McDonald's discount card. So that was exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I do actually really really like the football, and I work with a company that's like a, a shirt sponsor as well. Um, for for Tottenham, um, and yeah, so I sometimes sometimes go to that, but I do love it. Like I I, I do enjoy it. It's it's just a really like nice night out. Um, but yeah, it's I, I'm very much when England are playing, I'm very like in it, like in it. I once cancelled a job when it, it was the semi finals years ago. I was like, I've got, I'm sorry, I can't do this. It's the semi finals. So like, yeah, I get really into it. I'm quite patriotic when it comes down to that. But no, I do love football. I do love football. But I think there's a lot of things that would surprise people about me when they actually meet me. Like for instance, I'm sat here in a tracksuit. People would be like, Rylan in a tracksuit. It's like, yeah, like. Of a night, I sit in a tracksuit with my hand down my trousers, drinking a Peroni. Like that's normal. So hang on, you don't live in sprayed-on skinny black jeans and and uh, tight black t-shirts like we'd all assume. Right, I'll tell you the godson is true. The second I get in, that face is rinsed away. Them skinny fits are peeled off of my thighs, and I am in <laughs> an Adidas grey jogger tracksuit. That's me. That's the real me. But don't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone. Is that a little bit how, besides the Ted Baker, because that a bit how you dress as a teenager? Like, what when you were a teenager, like in London, what was the thing like that everyone had to have on? Like, what was the look? So I remember back then it was dressed to impress. Like it was very dressed to impress. Top Man and H and M were the ones back then. The Top Man sort of super deep V, like two for a tenner. Do you remember them with the rosary beads or dog tags? Well, that was your sort of X Factor look, really, wasn't it? They were like the looks. They were the looks. And I remember, do you remember that stage? So I used to I used to dance for years. I used to do dancing. I used to go pineapple, like the dance school. And um, do you remember the stage? And Clara, I really hope you did, when jungle trousers were a thing. <laughs> so you mean like the sort of like S Club 7 sort of like parachute, like the baggy big baggy cargo pants top. with like the ribbons hanging off of them, like the the yeah, high yeah, 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 yeah. sort of like straight from Jungle in Camden. That was the height of fashion. You had to wear a pair of them, 
uh, either a top man super deep V neck white t-shirt for a fiver, some rosary beads and maybe like a leather strap around your wrist from H&M for like three ninety nine. Sure. The look, that was the look, fashion the look. Talk to me about performance, actually, because obviously, look, again, we got to you by X Factor, but you've superseded, you know, everything that I think that show could have given you. And I say that res- respectfully, to the point where it's once, sometimes, Ryan, I think I, even myself, I forget that you did that once upon a time, like, and, yeah. which is really like saying something. Do you remember the first time you performed in the city, like to, to people after the show? And what was that experience like yeah. for you? So, strangely enough that we'd spoken about this, when I was growing up, like I said, I used to go to G.A.Y. Bar and that's where that was the place we got into and used to go. And then G.A.Y., the actual club, had moved to heaven, which is like a big club in London. And to try and get in there was a little bit harder back then. But I remember there was a night that we did get in there and like you had your performers up on the stage and stuff like that. And it was like a big deal. And my first gig, everyone's first gig after X Factor my year was G.A.Y. the following Saturday. And I'll never forget, I went there and performed that Saturday night. And it was the most surreal experience. That was always your first gig after X Factor. And to be standing on that stage where sort of five, six years previous, I was gagging to get in there was a proper eye-opener for me. It was a proper, proper eye-opener. And that's when I was like, tick, big tick on the box. That was the first, that was the first performance. That was it. Yeah, that must have been so surreal. Again, I guess it's it goes back to that thing of like you going back to Stepney and like, you know, seeing like Ross, like Spice mm. Girls. And then yeah. again, yeah. you just seem to be having these moments where you just revisit these really seminal places in your life. Clara, I have it all adds- the time. This happens to me all the time. Like, Every, I'd, I'd go as far as saying every single week, I will see something or just out the corner of my eye and notice something, or I'll be in a certain place and go, Oh my God, I remember this and I remember what it meant. And I remember, listen, we are so lucky to do the job that we do. You love your job, mm-hmm. I love my job. And to be able to wake up of a morning and go, I'm going to a job that I enjoy doing, we are lucky. The fact that we get paid for it is a fucking bonus, let's be fair. But absolutely, there are times in whatever job you do, you could be Beyonce, like there are times when you wake up in the morning and everything becomes work and you think, oh, I don't want to go to work today or oh, I don't want to don't do this today. And then you have that reality check moment. And I, I have them a lot where I'll be somewhere and go, oh my God, I remember being here when I was 10 waiting to meet Zoe Burkett from Pop Idol or something like that. <laughs> and, and, you're like, and you're like, but now people are here to see me or now I'm in this building. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, every time I go to Television Centre, you know, that's where, like, This Morning is now and a million other shows that, that are there that I work on. And I'd never forget, there was one day, me and my friends, we were like 16, we, we went on like the BBC website and got tickets for this show with Graham Norton. I can't remember what it was. It was like, it was, I think it was a dancing show, like not so you think you can dance. It was some dance fever, strictly dance fever or something like that. I can't remember what it was called. And we went all the way up to White City, queued up. And just as we were getting to the front of the queue, I looked at the tickets and I realised they were for the following week and I shit myself. Oh my I was like, oh my days. 
And all I wanted to do was go in this building, like television centre, like this like mecca of like TV. And we didn't get in. And every time I'm at TVC now, I'm like, I always remember standing on that bit of road wanting to get in here and just couldn't. And it's just crazy. Like, it's just crazy that, like, that's my life now. It's just surreal. But I remember those moments. I truly love it for you, though. I truly, truly love it for you. Now, you mentioned you drive into London, like, quite a lot for work. On the occasion when you don't drive in, listen, there's no judgment with this question. (laughs) We've had varied answers, right? Do you still get public transport? And if so... (laughs) I'll tell you for why, though, right? I I will prove to you, I I am obsessed with the underground. I always was as a kid. I never forget when the Jubilee Line extension opened, like, at Stratford. It was a day out for me and my nan just to go and see, like, the glass doors along the platform edge. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're you're an OG train spotter. Like, forget Francis. Like, it's you. Like, I mean, I love Francis. He's a dear, dear friend. (laughs) But, babe, been doing it a while now, right? I have, I absolutely love it. I built an underground station at my house now. I've got my own train line. I've got an underground station with departure board, the destinations, the future, and all the stations that roll off as shows and things that I've done. Um, like literally, I've built an underground station. I've got a bus stop at my house. I'm trying, yeah, I'm that person. I swear to God, I will send you a text afterwards so you can no, see No, I, I, I need to see a picture of this. I need the receipt. Uh, well, I tell you what I my issue is I'm six foot four I cannot hide (laughs) I did get on a train once since X Factor and that was when I was up for the NTA for best presenter I was hosting Big Brother and the only way to get there was get the train to the O2 it's the quickest way it's the only way I was going to do it and I went with my then manager it was I couldn't move I could not move and when you're um in a train carriage, there is nowhere to go. You can't just walk away and be polite and be like, take care, guys, see you later. You're stuck. And it actually was a little bit panicking. I'm not going to lie. Everyone was lovely, but it was very claustrophobic and I just knew I couldn't get out. Um, I hate the fact that the Elizabeth line is open and I've not been on it. Like, I want to contact TFL and be like, can I come on, like, in the middle of the night? No one knows. I just want to see the stations. Like, I love all the architecture. I want it to be an architect. Like, I want to see it all. I want to see it all, but I haven't done it yet. But I might try and go and disguise one, I'd love to. I can't lie. The Lizzie line is pretty lit. It's purple. I'm so excited. No, don't. Don't rub it in. The seats are luxurious. No, go away. It's really quick. Go away. I was on it just yesterday. I flipping love the Lizzie line. It's great. Go away, I'm fuming. I'm fuming. And it comes to Brentwood. It comes to where I live. Well, that's good. That means I can can hop on it and come visit you soon sometime, hopefully. you come whenever you want. You come whenever you want. I've always wanted to come to Castle Rider. Look, I I see it on on Gogglebox. I'm always just like, okay, all right. (laughs) Okay, all right. Listen, the sofa looks very plush. I can't lie. (laughs) You you will love it. It looks pretty fab. Um, I'm so obsessed with the fact that you're a train spotter. I genuinely had no idea about this. I love it. Obsessed. I actually love it. There was a show on the other night about how they make the front of train carriages. This is my life. That's how sad I am. You're not sad. You're spirited, babe. You're passionate. No, I'm quite sad. (laughs) Well, listen, your words are mine. I think we need to figure out a way for you to be able to announce like some of the train platforms. Like you need to get that voiceover gig. Okay, so when I was about 
14, I was on the DLR at Canary Wharf, and you know they're like driverless trains, but they always have like an attendant on there. As it was coming into Stratford, they let me do the announcement. Do you want to do it now? I think I can remember. The next station is Stratford. Change here for Jubilee, Central and Mainline Services. <laughs> do you know what? Very good. Very smooth. Very smooth. Now, Ryland, I always ask everybody... Um, if you were in charge for the day, whether it be the most frivolous thing or the most serious thing, like what would you change or do for London if you could? What would I do for London for one day? For one day, I think I would... Oh, that is so difficult. I know what I'd do. For one day in London, I would have an inflatable assault course go from Canary Wharf all the way up to Westminster Bridge the whole way along the Thames and you could go the whole way over it that's what I'd do I'm into that sort of yeah. like Ninja Warrior UK but a bit but like, like a Ninja Warrior Ninja Warrior on the Thames that's like two miles long do you know what I'm so into that with inflatable bars as you go along <laughs> I'm, not, I'm so here for that uh, Ryland, it's been a joy to talk to you and I bet the minute we say goodbye, I'm going to think of more things I could have asked you and it's going to really piss me off. But until then, um, it's been a delight. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've loved it. I've loved it. I love talking to you always. You're fucking fantastic. You know, I'm your, I'm your biggest fan. I stay delighted for you. And thank you for sharing uh, your version of this city with me. You're the best, babe. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to The City. And if you liked it, don't forget, you can tell your mates or one better. If you visited any of the spots we talked about and have a story, let me know on socials. Remember, you can like, rate and subscribe in all the usual podcast places. See you next time. Listener.